Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. I'm Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joined by my co-hosts, Mickey Turner, Susie Rantz, Tim Foss, Beth Mantle, and Dave Clark. This has been an extremely weird podcast. How are they going to be able to handle that? Just the bottom line is they don't have an answer to that. There was never really a time when I was super concerned. Seattle did fine. There's a reason they got signed to first team contract. Very special guest, Brian Spencer, head coach of the Seattle Sounder. You know who he is. Brian how are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah Shan. Joining me today is Beth Mantle and Mickey Turner. How is it going? And of course, the hammering in the background starts. Go ahead. We're in cup final. Yay. Yeah. That's how it's Sorry. going. Yeah. And Mickey, you're going to go to Vegas for, uh, for, for this thing, aren't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I got, uh, got my tickets and uh, hotel all booked. Uh, so it should be fun. And we may try to record something while we're down there. But uh, uh, at least for the immediate future, just excited to, uh, to experience a cup final in uh, person on the road. Yeah, I'm, I'm particularly excited about the prospect of you doing a poolside podcast. <laughs> yeah, that is extremely Wi-Fi dependent because uh, as anyone who's been to Vegas or anywhere, uh, you know, on vacation, although this isn't technically a good vacation, I suppose, because I will be working a little bit. Uh, you, anyway, you know that uh, it's not necessarily a, uh, it's kind of a crapshoot when it comes to to recording and podcasting and, and being on Wi-Fi. So uh, fingers crossed, but I, you know, it should happen. And uh, if we can't do it live, we'll just record it. Yeah, we're going to have to send you down there with like a full recording setup and you can just grab whatever uh, journalists are around and do a cabana style podcast. Make sure you bring a ring light. Oh God, yeah. Well, well, I'm sure the lighting will be perfect there. Uh, but I am I am staying with uh, Ari from MLSSoccerSoccer.com, uh, uh, so that should be uh, very interesting. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we'll see we'll see how that goes. Yeah, one of my favorite things from Wednesday or Tuesday night was the mad dash for all the. Like, it was like quiet. No one had really been talking about going to Vegas, and then all of a sudden, after Rui Diaz scored, everyone's jumping up checking the the travel websites and uh furiously figuring out how they can make this trip happen i can i can contrast that to the four times the sounders have been to mls cup uh three of which were on the road and i don't remember anyone doing that (laughs) (laughs) this is why i think that vegas is going to be the next uh, mls expansion side Uh, not to get off on too much of a tangent here but you know just based on you know this is obviously completely anecdotal but things like this and people you know making these types of plans don't happen for every away trip and vegas is just one of those places where you know that you're going to get a reasonable fan or opposing team presence um especially when you have more than a week's notice and you know i, I think you tweeted this out that ecs is already essentially sold out of their allotment there's you know a couple of dozen tickets left from the 200 they got and they went on sale what uh, yesterday so it's just one of those cities that just lends itself to people going there and having something like this to do 
and so you know good on mls for i suppose putting this this uh, tournament there it probably wouldn't have worked in any other neutral spot it may not still work because we haven't seen an mls side in this tournament um in the final and you know we could probably talk about a little bit about league's cup generally but it's going to be an interesting kind of experiment to see what the level of interest is with an MLS team in this final, what kind of uh, crowd they get, because, you know, it's probably, I guess, the best of both, both worlds, having a uh, Liga MX and MLS side in there, and especially one is obviously well-supported as the Sounders are. Uh, so I'm kind of looking forward to seeing it from that angle, just to see how this tournament grows, because it's not going anywhere, obviously. Um, and, you know, I think it works probably best as a neutral venue in a place like Vegas or another you know, quote unquote, warm weather city. Um, I'm not sure how it works with an MLS team hosting a final, especially at this point, especially given what the attendance was like uh, at the semifinal, uh, which I think we can be honest, wasn't, wasn't all that great. Yeah, there was about 12,000 people in the stands. Uh, I, they actually did a good job, I think, of making it look not that bad on TV. They put all the fans on one side. And so where there were fans, it looked like it was reasonably full, although any of the kind of reverse angle shots showed a literally empty uh, opposite side. But it was, you know, the crowd was into it that was there. You know, uh, this was a similar experience if you've ever been to a, a, those Champions League games back before uh, the Sounders had put, started putting them in their season ticket packages and they'd play like a Comunicaciones or something like that. There would be, you know, six or 7,000 fans there, but they were all really into the game. Uh, and that was kind of how this was, you know, it was not a, not a huge crowd by any stretch. And, uh, but they showed out and I, I like, I personally really like this idea of doing the Las Vegas final. I think even if there is not an expansion team in Vegas, we're going to start seeing a lot more MLS games, whether it be leagues cup, all-star games or MLS cup playing in someplace like Vegas. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense, especially as I said, if you're doing it in a neutral, a neutral place, um, because you know it's just a glitzy city, and you know you can you know have all your sponsors there. You can do all the. I'm sure MLS can do kind of the uh, the stuff they like to do um, with marketing and such. Um, and again, obviously, as a destination city, uh, it definitely tops uh, tops the list along with you know New York or or LA or Miami. I, I have to say that I, I like the stadium as well. Uh, we saw Allegiant Stadium in the Gold Cup final. I, I actually think I'm a huge fan of the idea of the U.S. and Mexico. Like, I would love to see the U.S. and Mexico agree to play all their games whenever they play each other at essentially like a southern U.S. stadium where it's like indoors like that. And there is uh, – because it's like – it's essentially a neutral stadium, right? Uh, you have a huge Mexican component. You have a huge uh, American component of fans. And, like, let's just stop doing this Columbus thing. Let's stop doing this Mexico City thing. All the games should be in San Antonio, Arizona, Las Vegas. Let's, let's bring more neutral site uh, soccer – to the United States. That's what I'm a big fan of. I think U.S. soccer might be trying to get the next neutral site to be like Alaska or somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah. For uh, their speed. Yeah. Yeah. Two best point, at least when it comes to qualifying uh, games. Uh, I, I'm not sure U.S. soccer uh, would be too much of a fan of that. 
considering that typical U.S. Mexico games in the United States have about a 75-25, if we're generous, uh, ratio of Mexico to U.S. fans. Um, yeah. It's only in uh, Vegas that you're getting, you're probably pushing like 80, 80-20, 90-10. I mean, they certainly wouldn't you know, turn away the paycheck, uh, but you know, as far as competitive issues, uh, they probably wouldn't be such fans, or at least the uh, Burhalter wouldn't be. Yeah, well, f- fair enough. Uh, so, speaking more broadly about League's Cup, I, I was surprised that – I was not surprised that there was, we were sort of having this debate after the first game because it was new and, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people still know what League's Cup is, frankly. But I kind of figured that by the end of the second game, we'd sort of be beyond the is this worth playing kind of discussion because they are playing in it and it's sort of an irrelevant point at this point. And yet I, I saw a not insignificant number of people still kind of like poo-pooing this whole thing, which I find particularly odd, especially since the Sounders, at least if you're a Sounders fan, I'm thinking we just beat Tigres. We just beat Santos Laguna. These are clearly very talented teams at the very least Sounders fans got uh, got to experience two well, you know, like well-constructed soccer matches. I, I, I'm a big, I, I'm a big fan of this run. I don't know if I'm going to sit here and say I would watch the league's cup as a neutral all the time, but I think as a Sounders fan, this has been a ton of fun to watch. Yeah. I have been, I've been an unironic league's cup stand since it was like announced that we were in the competition. Cause I just think it's, it's fun. Also, if we had beat, Tigres and Santos Laguna in CCL people would be talking about this for years about how great it was that we did that in one run um and I think doing it in League's Cup while it's not the same it's still like is quite impressive and if you were watching those games they're definitely felt different than what we see the Sounders doing in MLS Wednesday after Sunday after Wednesday after Sunday can't say weeks anymore because we've just got to cram those games in there um and so I think it's been really exciting. Also, Sounders like to win trophies. And I think we've seen pretty consistent messaging from the team that they build this tournament as two games and then you're in a cup final. And cup finals are fun and important and a great opportunity for all of our players. Um, and so I personally think that if you don't like League's Cup, you just don't like fun. And that's, that's where I'm going to – I'm putting that out there. Well, just self-reflect. How do you think about fun? I I think that that's, I think that's a totally legit perspective. I also think that we kind of get caught up in this idea of how important is the, is the game. And I feel like focusing on the importance of it is maybe missing the forest through the trees a little bit, because the importance is like whatever we make it right. If we all decide collectively that it's important, then it's important. And I wrote today in my column, sort of this idea of you fake it till you make it. And I, the idea being like, if we pretend as though the league's cup is important, it will be important. And then if you, if it becomes important, like there you are. Right. And I don't know. I I think that the Sounders sort of made that decision themselves. Like once they were in this thing, the debate about whether it was worth playing or not was irrelevant because they were playing in it. And so they collectively decided you know, whether it be the prize money, whether it be uh, measuring themselves against Liga Amekis, whether it be just the fact that it's a trophy, 
all those reasons were essentially like, yeah, like the answer was yes and yes and and they decided that it was a big deal, so they're treating it like a big deal. And so far, at the very you know, so far at least, there's been no fallback from it. They're four and one since the since the start of the tournament. Uh, they now have a roster that does feel very well built to compete on multiple fronts. If you're like, I saw one person suggesting that a big club wouldn't take a tournament like this seriously. I think it's the exact opposite of that. A big club is not going to look down their nose at a competition against a bigger opponent. And that's what the Sounders are doing is they're facing bigger opponents every week in this thing. That's like claiming Sporting Kansas City is a big club because they got burned at home in the first round because they played a bunch of kids. That's not a big club move. That's just not. No, I don't think it's a big club move at all. I think if anything, it shows a a pretty serious lack of ambition uh, to be, to allow yourself to be embarrassed six, one at home in front of, you know, your fans is I don't see how anyone can like look themselves in the mirror and say like, no, we're a big club and we take things seriously. I thought it was particularly ironic because I listened to a podcast where Peter Vermees was talking about how we always think, international competition is important and here he was just like showing his belly to Liga MX. Uh, I don't know I, I I think you can get really too too caught up in the idea of what's important and what's not important I think you're right like it's a fun tournament and that's probably where like your concern over it maybe should end it also feels like if you're a club that has made it known that you have aspirations to win CCL that like yeah. taking League's Cup games, which are in the middle of your season when you're actually in form and doing well in those opportunities would be something that you would want to do. Like, <laughs> I don't think that losing more games against Mexican teams would do much for your experience than going into CCL if, when you make it next. Like, that just seems like a way to set yourself up for some bad vibes. Yeah. It seems like there's a couple of dueling uh, perspectives. You got the macro and the micro view, as you talked about, kind of losing the, you know, the force for the trees. Um, where is League's Cup in the hierarchy of, of MLS tournaments? Uh, it's not on the level of MLS Cup. It's not on the level of CCL kind of by definition, at least at this point. Um, you know, I've seen people compare it to Europa League and uh, CCL and uh, Europe on a lesser scale. That seems to make you know, some sense, but uh, whether or not where it is, you're, that, that's where you are. And as such, um, Schmetzer's, you know, kind of ethos has always been, um, or at least the messaging as best said, has always been to win the games and the tournaments that you're in. And he's been pretty steadfast in that. Um, obviously, there are allowances for roster uh, rotation and depth issues and injuries. And you got to take that stuff into account and you can't always play your first team in every game. Um, But you can, you put the effort out there. And I think you've seen that what happens when you do that and you saw what happens when you don't. Um, And Peter Vermees, you know, can certainly attest to, to what happens because I'm sure um, regardless of what he said he wasn't happy to go out there and get spanked six to one at home um, on national tv so it, you know you get you get out what you put in and the Sounders are kind of reaping the benefits of that and you know they get a trip to uh to Vegas and they get to you know to compete for another trophy the fans uh who are going are going to have a, a great experience as well and you know that's that's kind of what it's all about at the end of the day, because it is just a game. 
um, and you should uh, certainly certainly treat it as such, but enjoy yourself. Yeah. I think there's been an interesting relationship between the MLS season and our time in Leagues Cup so far, because if you go back to the beginning of the season when we had that rash of injuries and had to play literally our entire roster, I think that brings us to now when we add in more games because of Leagues Cup, we're able to almost completely rotate our roster for different games and still have a decent product on the field and be getting results from that. And I don't think we do as well in Leagues Cup and MLS in this stretch if we hadn't gone through that earlier. And I think there's also another tie-in where we were sliding at home. We were doing, our form was bad. We were not playing well. You play that first match against Tigres, beat them squarely at home. And we've now turned, we've stopped that, that run of form. And we've gone like 4-1-0, I think, since then. And I think, I feel like these two, like the regular season and this tournament has done well together in our season this year and has kind of made us better having both of those at the same time. Yeah, I'm, I'm nodding along with you. You know, before the League's Cup game, the Sounders were coming out of a three-game homestand where they had only claimed one point. And, and like you said, they've gone four, one, and one. Granted, the one loss that they had in that time was at home. It was against the Portland Timbers. It was a very frustrating loss. But it was also a game where I don't think – I think you could say the League's Cup had the least to do with it because it was on full rest and it went into a, a long period of a, a long period of rest. So it wasn't like they were juggling the lineup in order to accommodate League's Cup in that one. They you just can't blame to... League's Cup for the failure of the crossbar. Right, exactly, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it brings us to an interesting, an interesting question, which is what do we expect the lineup to look like against RSL you know, I, I posted something on Twitter, which was basically just me, like, coming up with an idea. And I think I had the two Roald Dons and Steph Fry starting that one. And they were the only ones that started in League's Cup. And it felt like a really good lineup to me. I actually think they might be able to rotate even more than that and still have a strong lineup. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I was on one of the uh, threads in, in one of the stories and I was talking a little bit about triage, just basically based on what they've got coming up here in the next two months. As Beth said, they're basically playing every Wednesday and every Saturday or every Sunday. Yeah. Um, and they lost one of their off weeks uh, because one of the games got uh, moved. The Vancouver game uh, got moved uh, because of their uh, progression in League's Cup. And so it, you're going to have to have some significant rotation, I think, um, because I think pretty clear that their priority is going to be going after this trophy, at least in the next two weeks, that's kind of where, where they're going to be at. So you're going to get as strong a lineup as you can uh, for, for that game. So, uh, you know, Ladero didn't play uh, against uh, in their last uh, home match, which, um, or they didn't, he didn't play, they didn't play the league's cup game. League's cup. And I wouldn't be shocked if he was on the bench at best for uh, the game against uh, RSL on the weekend uh, because I, I I don't think he he's certainly not a two game a week guy at least uh, at this point and so you know you're going to get him probably on the bench uh, you get Rui Diaz uh, you know potentially I think on the bench as well um, fortunately you have Bruin who can come in and, and do a representative job and I, I think I saw on your uh, on your projected lineup that it, that he gets to start I could certainly see that and then I think you're probably going to get a couple of of the uh, the younger players uh, getting, starting as well Atencio and Leva may get in there um, 
and then they, they're going to have to figure out what they want to do with uh, right back because Rowe and Roldan are going to be important pieces for the league's cut game. So, yeah, it's, I, th- I think you're, you're going to see some rotation, and it's just all but inevitable, inevitable at this point that that's what's going to happen. And, you know, it, uh, it could mean a couple of, you know, rough, uh, rough uh, you know, performances, but they have shown that even if the performances aren't up to where we necessarily think they are, they're certainly going to, are going to be able to compete. And if you've got a guy like Raul Rudias coming off the bench, you've got a chance. And uh, they certainly can, will take, I think, take advantage of, of having him uh, potentially uh, in that role. Yeah, I, I'm not honestly that worried about RSL. I feel like even if they put out a, a weekend lineup, they should be able to compete in that one. Yeah, that's not. I'm not saying they're definitely going to win, but I, I feel like they there's no reason they can't compete with a with something less than their first choice lineup. The, the frustrating part is that you know we were just talking about Sporting Kansas City kind of punting League's Cup and focusing on league play. Well, the Sounders have Sporting Kansas City on the road coming out of the League's Cup final. So there's a pretty good chance they'll have to play a sort of second-choice lineup in that one as well. Uh, But, man, it sure would be fitting of the soccer gods to punish Sporting Kansas City for not – you know, if the Sounders can get a win in that one or even get a point out of that one, that would feel really, really satisfying, I got to say. Just because I – that's just the way it should work. That's that's what it should happen, I think. Yeah, I think uh, just – just briefly, I think yeah, they're going to just hopefully just try to manage a couple of these games. And, you know, they're not going to play for, you know, draws per se, because, you know, obviously Smith's messaging is that you try to win every game you're in. But, you know, you also have to be pragmatic in certain situations. And, and I think that's where you could see, uh, you know, maybe a little uh, less ambition or uh, – uh, progressive play in a couple of these, these matches. They've also got San Jose on the road um, where they've shown they can win, uh, obviously. And so, yeah, there's just a couple of those games you're just going to have to, you know, you know, kind of hope for the best with with what is not going to be a first-choice lineup. And they may not have a first-choice lineup based on their rotation for the next, you know, uh, three weeks or so. And that's going to be fr- – that could be frustrating to the fans as, as you kind of come down to the business end of the season with – two other teams breathing down your neck. Um, and, you know, I guess as Casey is technically on top at, at the moment uh, with a couple of games extra played, but yeah, that, it, it could be a little bit frustrating for the next, uh, next few weeks uh, until they can kind of get the rotation reset. Uh, and, you know, but, you know, that's what you kind of sign up for when you, when you are playing these tournaments. I think having a funny looking trophy might temper that frustration a bit. So we should earn that trophy. Yeah, so that was the that was going to be my next question. Is if you like this is a false choice. I always like to 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 preface it with the acknowledgement of the falsity of the of the choice. But if you had to choose between getting to wrap your arms around this hourglass shaped trophy, uh, which I think I maybe just ruined Beth's joke with, but you get to wrap your arms around this this trophy. Or at the cost of sacrificing, let's just say the RSL and Sporting Kansas City games, you guys take that that trade. I mean, I think I'm a little bit biased because I'm obsessed with the strange shape of the trophy. Like, I just just think about that trophy a lot. Why'd they make it that shape? How how big is it? Like, what is the scale? I don't know yet. I'm gonna wait until we win it to find out. But 
Yeah, I would definitely you drink take out of both the trophy. Ends. You could. Wow. It's just such a great trophy. They did such a great job making such a strange trophy. So yeah, I would take the trophy all day. It could sit in our cabinet. You could use it as like a paperweight, I think. I don't know how big it is. Again, I no concept of, of scale. Um, it's just such a fun little guy. Oh, there is uh, one solution to that, Beth, is uh, you uh, head down to Vegas uh, and cover the game. You probably get to see it. Uh, you guys right are going to try to get me. Okay, yeah. Raul Rui Diaz, if you, when you win Man of the Match, you get a tiny version of that trophy. He has two now. What do you think I would have to trade him to get one of them? <laughs> I feel like I could make him a great two-pole. I don't know. Do you think he would go for that? He has two of them. You can't, you can't need two. It's the exact same thing. Let's put that in, into the world. Roll if you're listening to the podcast. We have an offer, a standing offer. Uh, we will we will trade you a Beth Mantle special two pole for your man of the match League's Cup trophy. You can ask Jordan Morris and Christian Roldan about the quality of these two poles. Yeah. They are grade A elite two poles. Um, you would be getting a lot from this deal. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, to, to answer your, your other question about where the priority is, I mean, the one thing I would say is uh, being present for trophy wins is something that doesn't happen every day. And so I remember being at the U.S. Open Cup, uh, particularly on the road, uh, the 2014 U.S. Open Cup in Philly. That was you know, just a really fun experience just just to be at. And so, you know, that's not going to you know, that certainly overrides a random game against RSL in the middle of September. But on the, on the, on the other hand, you know, that is an important game with points on the line in the MLS season and, you know, seeding and top of the Western conference is far from assured at this point. So dropping those points and having kind of the ripple on effect of not having a full roster for the next several weeks, uh, you know, you drop a couple of those points and you go from the top of the West to like third or fourth and fighting for a home game. Um, and so, you know, those are certainly things that you have to take into consideration when you, are valuing what this tournament win could mean. But again, being there um, and watching the team lift another trophy, there's something to be said for that. And it certainly doesn't happen every day. I think we do have two, two things here though. We have RSL's old head coach. We've had him for like two weeks. He knows what's going on down there. That's a bit of a cheat code. Better than Pablo Mastroeni maybe, who's their he, current coach. Yeah. I wonder, does he still have that weird mustache? I have not I, seen no, or thought about that man I, in years. No, I, I think he shaved the mustache. I think that was like the thing that made him interesting. Um, it was. So Sounders, Sounders are going to win that because he's not that interesting anymore. Okay. The second thing is we're talking about fully rotating our lineups, like completely, like 11 new players. But we, we do have quite a few players in like the Roldan, the Roldans, there's two of them. JP, uh, Raul, probably some players like that that can do more than like one game a week. They definitely can play more minutes, and we've seen them do it in the past. So, like, we wouldn't necessarily have to have an entirely new lineup every match, but that is something that we can do because we've seen a lot of our players at the end of the roster prove themselves earlier in the season. So, yeah. really, I think that's like a nice privilege that we have. And I would say also, you know, we should also keep in mind RSL is hardly world beaters. Um, and certainly, you know, they went to 
uh, San Jose and got a got a win, gave up three goals in the process. Uh, so it's certainly a team that the Sounders could, with a rotated squad, match up with and and potentially beat. Um, so and then you know again San Jose, who just lost at home, is another team that's coming up uh, that the Sounders will have on the road. So these are not the the cream of the MLS crop. And certainly no, the cream Sounders. of the MLS crop is the Sounders. Yeah, so exactly. So, uh, yeah, certainly this, I think, you know, maybe putting a bit too much worry on, on a rotated roster, given the level of opponent that they're playing, which Kansas city accepted is, is not all that great. I, and I, I don't say if, if you're going to roll the dice with one game in terms of uh, pushing guys a little bit, I think we would all agree that, if, if you're going to try to get multiple games in a week out of anyone and for any game, I should say, it's probably going to be that sporting Kansas city game. Like I think you, you focus on leagues cup, you rotate the lineup this weekend, you play leagues cup, you come out of leagues cup, then you roll with the best lineup you can against sporting Kansas city. And then you rotate again against San Jose. Like there's no, like, I don't, I think you can over, it's pretty easy to overthink that. And that's sort of, to me, the, the straightforward one is you just, you focus on on you know you, you turn it into more of a two game, you know a two two one two games on short rest, and you you leave the two at the at the other two at the extremes. Yeah, I think Brian Schmetz has done a really good job managing lineups and games this year. So I don't expect him to start just randomly doing a terrible job at that through this stretch. I don't so. either. No, I think and, I think there's a lot of reason to be. I think to, to feel like the Sounders, you know, know what they're doing. They're probably better at this than we are, maybe <laughs> yes, slightly. They might be. Indeed. They might be. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, well, I think that's that's where we are. Um, you know, if you're if you're listening to this, I would urge you to tweet at uh, Beth Mantle. Make sure she she knows she should be going to Vegas. Uh, Mickey, hopefully we can next time we talk to you is while you're sipping a I don't know what do you what are you drinking these days. Uh, usually it's uh, some type of a uh, hard seltzery drink. So, okay. If I was right. going, I'd have to bring my own cooler of Capri Suns, which could be fun. Of what? I think we could probably Capri Suns. Those are the best drink. Yeah, put a little uh, spike those a little bit. But anyway, we don't want to urge poor behavior here. Uh, anyway, I'm. Uh, I think it's probably we'll, we'll, we'll call this a show. Uh, Should I say this is the Sounder at Heart podcast signing off for Jeremiah O'Shan and, and Beth Mantle? Bye, guys. <laughs> we'll see you in uh, Vegas.